Hey, welcome back to another episode of Let's Get To It. This is episode 16. My name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about adornment and majesty and mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. a little bit of beauty. And Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. So our, our, our listeners are going, what? So put that into context for us, Mujib. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, I think that oftentimes when we think about adornment, it's easy to think of jewelry or think of, you know, something that we're doing to our bodies. But even talking about like just the basic definition of adornment is to make something beautiful, whether that's a place like pictures might adorn a wall or something like that. So um, when I think about adornment, I think about the ways personally that I set my space up um, in order to reflect what I find as being beautiful. Mm. Um, And then something that I just said a second ago in our pre-conversation was also looking at how that applies to the things that I tend to do in my life. So looking at something like going to Rock Point, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And overlooking Lake Champlain Mm. and how that moment can be an adornment for my life. Like that sunset, that beautiful color. Um, If I take a picture of that sunset, I can put that picture on my wall and I can adorn my space with that. Mm. So maybe I can adorn my own lifestyle by going to beautiful places, by being around people that I deem being beautiful, whether that's physically beautiful or it's it's just their entirety is beautiful. Yeah. Um, or by, again, giving myself things. I have tattoos all over my body, so thinking of that as my adornments. Mm-hmm. And then also not just like, that I have adornments, but why are those things so important? Mm -hmm. Like all of my tattoos have meaning to me and Mm -hmm. that meaning reflects itself every single time that I see them. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where my mind goes with it. I love that. And and obviously adornment, it's, it has a very positive connotation. The assumption is that, you know, these things make you feel good Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day. And it's a, it creates a, you know, what you're doing in your household, your workspace, or or whatever, it's it's creating a sense of comfort. You know, um, or I think a lot about the home in particular, and certainly with COVID and the pandemic, a lot of people perhaps are spending more time at home or having to carve out space in their home for a home office or your home with with children perhaps. Or you know, you want to make that space as comfortable and as beautiful as you can. And and I know I I've spent some extra time over the last several months making my home a little bit more of a sanctuary Mm. and a space that I really, um, that's just put together the way I want it with the right, you know, comfy throw blankets and pillows. And Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, I bought more plants this year to just kind of feel that nature and that green energy in in the space and and things like that. So I know I've I've paid a little extra attention Mm -hmm. than, than usual in the last several months of, you know, it's yeah and even just watching your your own movements as you're saying this Mm -hmm. even as i'm seeing it and hearing in your voice um i see the value of adornment like thinking Mm -hmm. about those plants you know it 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 takes that second to uplift or to add energy into a space and Mm -hmm. you know i think about adornment as that like adding that energy in so Mm -hmm. if i'm if i am doing more work from home and i want my space to be a certain way that could be like the feng shui idea where i want i want the flow i want the energy to flow a certain way or it could be like where do i want my mind to go you Mm -hmm. know if i put that beautiful painting from my my in-law on the wall that shows the beautiful place then every time i see that it's going to bring my energy to that place or like i was having a conversation with my sister on zoom and we were just talking about like she had these beautiful earrings on and it's like wow you have some really beautiful earrings on she's like yeah thanks I put these on for the conversation for the zoom call Mm -hmm. and it was just that 
idea of taking a moment to and it wasn't for me you know yeah. it was yeah. for her like she put them on herself because maybe her day was going a certain way in which she was like you know what I'm gonna put some earrings on and kind of like boost up my day a little bit beautify mm -hmm. myself in this moment um, we talk about that even with like getting dressed in a certain way like yeah. if I'm gonna be working from home I'm gonna put my finest on because I want to bring my energy into the space that it would be if we were face to face mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, so again it's just for me, so much of the energetics around adornment yeah. um, is the most important thing, you know. Yeah. It's amazing how uh, an inanimate object can can have that kind of energy mm -hmm. and that power. And, you know, I think it's it's been kind of a disservice. I feel like sort of, I mean, I love athleisure. I spend a lot of time in <laughs> athleisure. But, you know, with sort of the celebration of you just wear comfy pants all the time. Um, <laughs> I love comfy pants, but you kind of just lose the sense of self and this power and, you know, the importance of putting on that, you know, outfit, whatever it is for you, um, or, or getting certain pieces of jewelry or wearing your hair a certain way and maybe, you know, putting on makeup or not wearing makeup or getting the nails done or not, like, whatever it is for you, whatever just sort of, you know, puts puts things together and how does that make you feel right like that's the thing like you know assembling that outfit and um and you know I think I mentioned this to Mujib that if my mom is listening I'm going to blow up my mom's spot right now but that you know my mom has really been in COVID isolation pretty much since this thing went down and my mom has beautiful clothing I've always I look up to my mom and my mom's sense of style it's really creative it's it's um rebellious it's mm. not traditional she's gorgeous she's in her late 60s and she's just beautiful big pieces of jewelry she's just she dresses loud like I'm here mm. I have arrived and mm. I've always really admired that about her and um she's always got red lipstick on there's just things about my mom that I'm like yeah that's like my mom's style through you know when you, you meet you, you see something in the store and you're like oh that's so and so mm. my mom's name is gail i'll be like oh my god that's a gail jacket or something you know um and my mom just you know for no other reason than just wanting to feel good started wearing her jewelry again and dressing up like it didn't even if she wasn't gonna she wasn't seeing anybody even if she wasn't getting on zoom or facebook or anything and um and we had talked about that and she's like i just need to like feel good again right. like you know and these things like help help that like that energy of those things mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. those beautifying moments you yeah. know yeah yeah, and yeah it's it's important that you know i that i think that it's not just yeah just kind of like dissolving or like you know succumbing to like oh I'm at home so I'm at home and I just have to be in the bathrobe or something mm, like mm. I don't know I mean I guess that was Hugh Hefner <laughs> signature thing but um you know maybe if you're like living the Hugh Hefner lifestyle mm, but mm. um yeah definitely just the feeling of putting on some clothes or some jewelry that has some weight to it yeah and I mean you spoke to it so clearly um it's so individual yeah. too you know like um Every, everybody's gonna be a little bit different. And I think about it mostly when I think about tattoos, you know, mm. like um, I have tattoos that you might not like on your body, but I, I need them on my body, mm -hmm. you know what I yeah. mean? And um, I know people who have tattoos on their bodies that I would never want to put on my body. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the type of thing that can be so individual. And again, if we're talking about like beautifying our space or if we're talking about like 
controlling or commanding our own energy mm. that's what it, that's for me that's what adornment's all about mm. like can i put the things in my space that remind me of the things that i need to be reminded of on a regular moment to moment basis so that i can keep myself going in the direction that i'm going in um we talk a lot on this podcast about setting intentions about goals and about basically like creating the lifestyle and the person who we're trying to become mm-hmm. daily and mm-hmm. moment by moment um so for me, it's the things that show me, not just that I'm on the right track, but it's, it's, it's committing to that track. It's saying, you know, with the tattoos, of course it's that. And I'll tell the story kind of a, in, about my tattoos in a moment, but, um, but in this, I put this on or I put this on my wall or I got this crystal and it sits next to my bed. Um, I'm committing to myself, like, this is important to me. Mm-hmm. I remember that when I put this piece of amethyst on the windowsill, like, I wake up, I see it. Mm-hmm. That's important to me. Mm-hmm. The The story behind it, it might not mean anything to you, right. you know, but it might mean everything to me. And so, again, taking the time, taking that, that, that time aside or taking that moment to pause and to say, like, what can I do in this moment to either present myself with something or or put something on display or honor myself with something, um, anoint myself with oil or something like that, mm. that kind of brings me into that energetic space that I'm trying to get into. Mm. Even if it's just like a creative space, right? So we talked about creativity a little earlier and like having the time to slow down and get creative. Well then what are the things that surround you to kind of boost your creativity? For me, sometimes it's different scents. You know, we yep. like to have a lot of rose scent around or, you know, I have an oil that my wife made for me that smells like my father. Mm. So for that, it's like when I put that oil on, I, it brings me into a whole different mind state, you know, in a whole different physical presentation of myself. So, mm. and that's oil, that's not a piece of jewelry. It's, it's, it, and it's, it's a beautiful Lunaroma body oil too. So it's not even like, you can't smell it when I have it on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like I can smell it, my wife can smell it when she gets close, my, my son can smell it, my family, anybody that I'm embracing can smell it. But that's for us, mm-hmm. like it's not even for, the external world like right. if I have a cologne on maybe that's for everybody else to smell me and say oh that smells nice but that oil me anointing myself in that oil is simply for for me for my energy you know so again it goes back to that yeah I also think too I don't I don't know what your experience is with with acting mm-hmm. and being in plays or anything no not no. really I don't have any <laughs> so I have a little background in uh I don't know if we've ever talked about this I've done a lot of musical theater mm-hmm. in my day and, uh, and some straight plays as well. Um, but one of the best parts about being an actor <laughs> is that moment when you step into character and the most fun when you're taking a script and bringing it to life and bringing a character to life, you know, you go through all the rehearsals and stuff and then you get to the dress rehearsal. Mm. And that first dress rehearsal, when you finally put the costume on and maybe you get the wig and maybe there's jewelry, maybe it's not, but you literally like you step into that character and it's so powerful. And that's, that's usually what seals the deal. And it's always super fun if you, if, you know, folks that have been in a production before, you know, when you leave that sort of rehearsal space where everyone's just showing up as they are and you know, you're, you're whatever. And then it's like everybody, you see all the characters and it's like everyone is leveled up mm. and and it's just, it's that adornment. It's the energy of the, you know, the right jacket or the, the right shoes or whatever that really sort of completes it and, and lets your mind take you to that space. So 
I think of that even in our daily lives. We talk, like you've mentioned, the process of becoming constantly, like our expression of this is who I am and also a little bit of this is who I want to be, you know, or, you know, having certain clothing or shoes or whatever signal, you know, I want to be like this person or um, the last couple nights I've been watching The Last Dance, the documentary about um, the Bulls dynasty and I'm watching, I'm like, I got to get some Air Jordans, man. <laughs> like, And I just had this impulse to, like, order a number 23 jersey, you know? Like, <laughs> I was just, because I was so highly motivated and inspired by, you know, I'm like, man, I want to adorn myself in, like, a Jordan jersey and just hope that it, like, gives me some MJ energy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I have a picture of Megan Rapinoe next to my, uh, next to my desk. Um, and she's, you know, she's rocking some ice and a World Cup trophy, like, with the number four. Mm. Like, this is number four, everybody. Yes. You know, so there's that power. So, like, totally. I draw some energy off of, like, some of my, most of my heroes come from, you know, sports or music. So, um, yeah, it's it's powerful. It's like, okay, I want to step into that. Totally, <laughs> totally. And I welcome the listener to ask yourself, like, what are the things that you are doing to kind of promote that energy to bring you up into that higher self to level you up in that way? And again, it doesn't have to be, you know, something that you're buying It could be Mm -hmm. even just where you sit in your house. Like, Mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? Like, where do you go when you need to take a breath? Mm -hmm. Why do you go there? Mm -hmm. Um, If you're listening to this, and you don't have those things, you haven't even ever thought about like, wow, like, what do I do for myself that helps me beautify my life Mm. um then maybe this is inspiration to kind of start to do that just to see like wow you know i I always go for this walk and i always take a left at this trail but maybe i'll go out to these cliffs on the right and i'll just see what i find Mm. you know chances Mm -hmm. are you're going to find something that is amazing i don't know that's how i feel about nature in that in that sense of like let me take some time to go to a place where I think it's beautiful and see how that's going to inspire me mm-hmm. as a person. But I'm, I'm very nature-oriented. It tends to be where I go and where I try to spend a lot of my, my free time or my, my time when I'm trying to think or something like mm-hmm. that. You know? um, so I want to I wanna redirect the conversation back to the tattoos because you said you were going to tell the story. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. So I'm not going to let you forget. I want to <laughs> hear the so story. Rad. I mean, when we talk about like becoming and like... Um, and setting an intention or, or, or like I say, oftentimes like leaving a trinket for myself in the future, mm-hmm. right? Um, where I can say like, okay, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, well, I'll, I'll just tell the story flat out. So for the listeners who can't see me, I have um, a series of circles tattooed on my body that get successively bigger. It's basically like a set of three circles um, and it goes from my left hand uh, up my hand, and then it goes another set of three up my forearm, um, a set of three that encompasses my biceps, my kind of deltoid, front deltoid, like the front of my shoulder, and my chest, and then on the other side, the same thing, chest, deltoid, biceps, forearm, and then palm, um, and then I have them on my uh, ring finger, under my wedding ring, um, and then I'm going to get them again tattooed in another tattoo of a yarrow plant on my hand and wrist. Um, but the three tattoos, and I even have them again, like represented in another spot. Um, long story short, though, as far as it goes, um, I was literally driving down the street, kind of in a mind frame, and I'm gonna, it's full transparency, right? <laughs> this is pre North Country kettlebells, right? And before Mujib was a, a fitness trainer, just a heavy kettlebell lifter, kind of, um, I think I was smoking a Marlboro Red 
driving down the street <laughs> in my Saturn, going to my kitchen job um, at some dive restaurant. God awful job. It was horrible. And I felt like a horrible person even just like working there because I was like surrounded by shit that was making me just like indulge myself in, in habits that I didn't want to have. And creating a mind frame that I really didn't like. Like I've just broken up with my partner because I was kind of like an asshole to her and like my friends, I kind of hated everybody I was around. Like I didn't, I really just hated my lifestyle ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was very destructive Mm -hmm. in that moment. And I'm like driving to work um, and I had made this comment to a friend of mine some years previously that I was like, you know, I I had this kind of vision, right? And it was funny, I was like 19. I was like, had this vision, man. Like it's going to be a sign of the times when birds of a different feather flock together. You know, it was like that phrase that just come to my mind. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like a naturalist. He was like, that's impossible. I was like, well, what do you, what do you mean? And he was like, birds of different feathers don't flock together. I was like, no, it's like, it's going to be like when eagles fly around and, and vultures or hawks mm. and herons, you know what I mean? And this guy was just like, that's not possible. Um, so basically, um, as I'm telling this guy, you know, this is this is a, a thought that I've had, a vision that I've had. Like, you're you're gonna see a situation in which birds have to kind of like flock together, even though they're different types of birds. And you know, in hindsight, it's funny because I've watched enough National Geographic's. Like, that's really a basic thing that happens. Animals <laughs> like birds land on hippos and they all walk around yeah. together. Like, birds of different feather do flock together. But I had been in this mind frame at the time that was like, I'm around these people who are telling me that that's not possible, even though it's something that I am feel in my heart like there's going to be a sign of the times and that that I guess is the thing about personal visions mm. is like it means something to me but it doesn't mean anything to anybody else and so you know that was years before this moment that I'm talking about driving down the street to this kitchen job smoking this horrible cigarette um and not just because cigarettes are horrible but Marlboro Reds are gross um <laughs> and so I'm, I'm smoking that and I see this heron great blue heron come flying out over the I was in Montpelier so it's coming out like from over the Montpelier Reservoir the the Wrightsville Reservoir and um, I see this heron come flying out and I'm like oh that's cool and then the heron starts flying around in a circle on like a thermal I'm like oh that's really cool I've never really seen that before and then I see this hawk come flying out like this red tail hawk start come flying out and start flying around the same thermal with the great blue heron and I was like oh shit and I like stopped my car I'm like I've never seen this before and then I see a vulture come flying out. <laughs> and now I'm watching a, a great blue heron, a turkey vulture, and a fucking like a red-tailed hawk or something like that flying around in a circle together mm-hmm. and around the same thermal. And I was just like fascinated by it. I stopped. I'm looking at this shit. I watched them as they like circle and circle and circle and fly out of the view. And I was just like, oh, everything is different now. Like crushed the cigarette pack, threw it on the ground. It was just like, I don't know what this means, but everything is different Whoa. now. Because I'm, I'm telling you, like, I had this vision what? in my mind that was like, you're going to see this thing and it's going to signal to you that the shit is about to change, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I held that in my heart. Sure, shit didn't tell anybody about it because the people that I was around, like, they were already going to shoot my shit down. If I was like, man, I saw this crazy vision. It was a fucking omen or something. Mm-hmm. They were going to be like, whatever. What are you, a shaman or something? You know what I mean? Um, try to, like, probably I felt at least in the moment and in hindsight it was probably true they were gonna like shoot me down and and I would have given them the opportunity to like shut myself down even though I've seen something that I knew was significant to Mm me um and so and it's funny because like I knew it was significant to me then and 
you might say like, well, it was only significant because you said it was significant, but I have these tattoos all over my body now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I see them when I wake up first thing in the morning all the time. Like I see them when I look at myself. So it was obviously significant. And yeah. I just knew then that it was significant. I didn't know how significant it was going to be. So the first time that I got them was on my forearm. Um, I was working in a kitchen. I had been a kettlebell trainer at this point um, because, again, I changed my path at that point. I right. went, got kettlebell certified by the end of that year, started training people within two years of that point in time, quit that job pretty soon after that. Maybe like even that week I quit, I quit that job. Um, and so I put the tattoo on my forearm first where it was above the dishwater, right? Because I was working in a kitchen job where I had to do the dishes yeah. as well. So I would cook and then I have to do the dishes in the sink. Um, and so I got the tattoo like right above the line of the dishwater. Yeah. Um, I put it on myself like a stick and poke. And then when I quit the job, which is, you know, what we've talked about previously, I got fired and I decided I wasn't going to go back to the kitchen job. I had my friend Beatrix tattoo them on my hands, yeah. would stick and poke again. So a needle sitting at my thing, tattoo these things on my palm so I can always see them or on the back of my hand so I can always see them. Um, and little side note there where I can always see them when I'm lifting kettlebells because mm-hmm. I can, it mm. lets me know where my hand like position is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so so that's why that's also why I put them there. Yeah. Um, so I could always see them whenever I had my hands out. And so I put them there. And at the time that I put them on my hands, I, I knew I was like, I'm going to put these all over my body. I'm going to put this circle. So the, the tattoo is small bird, medium bird, big bird. Right. Oh, and they yeah. switch places, but they're all they're just going in the same direction the whole time. Oh, yeah. So if I put my hands like this, the tattoo is actually just going in the same direction. Goes like that, <laughs> yeah. even though one is going in and one's coming out right but they just let me know like the world is always going in the same way you wow. know what I mean yeah. so so I tattooed them there on my hands when I lost the kitchen job um and then when I was like I'm committing to myself like I'm gonna be myself mm-hmm. I'm committing to being Mujib I tattooed them on my forearms where like you can't you can't miss them you know when I have wow. no sleeves on like, mm-hmm. but they were open rings you know and so then um, and my friend Beatrix is the one that put them on my palms, on my forearms, and on my biceps to my chest mm-hmm. and around, and on my, my wedding ring finger as well. Um, so thanks, B. You're amazing. Um, <laughs> but uh, either way, um, you know, it's like it's something that I continue to come back to. Mm. It's, a, it's a commitment. It's a recommitment every single time. So like... By the time I had them all circled on my body, they weren't colored in yet, um, but I had them there. And I was like, wow, I'm really, I'm looking at my life and I'm really becoming the person who's going to wear these tattoos, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and now at this point, they're all filled in, blacked in. Um, the biggest one's probably like the size of my palm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the smallest one's probably like the size of my pinky nail, that sort of idea. Um, at least, the, except for the ones on my ring finger are really small. But um, but yeah, the, so those tattoos for me, they mean a lot. They mm-hmm. they they represent these three birds of prey that are different feathers that are flocking together. But more importantly, they represent for me a turning point in my entire life that Mm. says, you know, you are going to live now for more than just like the destruction of self. You're going to live for the uplifting of yourself. Like we talked about the energy, like Mm. something adornment is to uplift. Like these aren't destructive tattoos. I put them on me because they remind me that I'm going in a certain direction in my life and that, I can't deviate, you know, mm. and so to adorn myself with the tattoos, I can't, I, I can't wear them and live a life that doesn't honor them, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it's my, they're my commitment tattoos. That's why I put them on my hands. That's why I put them on my forearms. Mm. That's why I put them where I can see them. If I don't have my shirt on, I can always see these tattoos. Mm-hmm. And every time that I see them, they remind me of a number one, fuck anybody else's opinion. Like, mm-hmm. don't let somebody else shoot my, my, what I know is the truth down. Yeah. And then be number two, like stay committed to the path that I've put myself on or mm. rather that I've been put on that I noticed that I'm on, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's that's the tattoo story as far as like why I have them, why I'll continue to get them. Um, they're circles just because they're pretty complex birds to yeah. have done. And <laughs> yeah. um, because I was having somebody stick and poke them and I didn't actually have somebody to tattoo gun them on me yeah. um, until I filled them in. Um, that's why I didn't get like a big ass great blue heron on my chest yeah. and a hawk on my right shoulder and a you know vulture on my left shoulder or something like that it was more just like okay these dots will represent this until i'm at the point where i can get these tattoos actually on my body yeah wow totes totes i love that story so much that's so (laughs) powerful because it's like it's also you we talk a lot about just awareness right and the the compass or the intuition and tuning into nature and other things and like that was just such a clear like that was you tuning into that moment of nature and like the majesty of like mm-hmm. nature and your surroundings and you're like yeah I get it man like mm-hmm. I see that and then that you know <laughs> it's like so powerful right. it's just amazing not for nothing maybe just a strange coincidence my college mascot we were the herons oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not for so, nothing at all yeah. yeah you know I don't know not a super common mascot out there I don't think um go <laughs> William Smith anybody that is uh, upstate New York but um yeah like yeah. very 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 cool that's um you know it makes me think a lot about you know people have their opinions on tattoos surgeries things that you know when we alter our bodies and there's like a lot of talk back and forth you know about that and um and it we had mentioned this um you know how many years ago was that Mujib? that was 2007 so that was 2007 so that's 13 years ago okay because um so before we we started recording you had mentioned to me about the you know if you saw a picture of yourself 10 years ago Mm -hmm. you know or maybe 10 to 15 years ago do that you know Mm -hmm. we're you know, where were you at? <laughs> Anybody can play at home here uh, to pull out that uh, pull out that memory memory book. I just keep aging myself. What? The Facebook, go online. Um, I don't know. And uh, that brought up for me so much because sometimes you don't realize how much you've changed in mm. a time in a certain amount of time until you get a moment to sort of really focus on the timeline. Mm. And, you know, 10 years, like, like so much can happen on 10, in 10 years and does. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, 10 years ago, I was in a very different headspace and, and not feeling particularly self-confident and proud of myself and, um, you know, didn't adorn myself really in any particular way. In fact, I usually picked a lot of clothing that I thought really hid my figure and appearance. And, um, I'm someone that had a, um, you know, maybe other listeners have felt this way where you just feel like not really at home in your body and that things don't really make a lot of sense. Or you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't know or I want to change this. And some of that is definitely attributed to like a body dysmorphia for sure. Um, but then just some of it just kind of felt like, like a mismatch. So I had uh, a larger chest, I guess, larger breasts, and um, 
for years and years and years and years, I um, wanted to have a reduction uh, and, and have surgery. And so it was uh, very well thought out. And I was also seeking advice and counsel from a therapist. And so it was, you know, it was not a rush to judgment in terms of, you know, it's a very serious thing when I have somebody like cut into my body and change something about my physical appearance. And, and I, and I took that very seriously and I can't even begin to tell you. So I went ahead to have the surgery and, um, it was like, I don't know, like a, uh, it was a huge turning point for me when we talk about sort of like life turning points or significant moments in our lives. And suddenly not only did I, I feel a certain way, you know, physically lighter, my proportions were suddenly different. Um, I was like, all right, I'm going to step into this role. Like I want to be a trainer. I want to be, you know, a a fitness, like, you know, not even entrepreneur at that point. I I was like, okay, I'm going to get my personal training certification. You know, it it just led me into, um, a series of moves and different things in my life that the, that very quickly from that point, I opened Rev in 2012. So we're talking from the time I was, recovering from surgery two years later mm-hmm. like I was suddenly starting a like I was a fitness entrepreneur like are you kidding me like I had just graduated with a master's in political science mm. and literally two weeks later you know I was you know I was having a breast reduction surgery and then two years later Whoa. it's like I'm opening a gym what the <laughs> but you know you know and maybe our listeners like have that thing where they're like okay maybe it's a piercing and maybe it's a tattoo or maybe it's a you know, the way you wear your hair or, you know, something that you, another physical change to the body, or maybe it's, maybe it's not physical at all, but, um, it's, uh, that, that sort of becomes a significant turning point. I know, you know, we've talked about the hair and things like that, you know, where it's a, it's a part of our identity. Um, you know, what does it say about us? How do we feel? You know, who do we step into? Um, and I just, I can, I can really identify with that moment in a different way. You know, I don't have tattoos, but for me, it was, you know, it's a very significant activity uh, to the body, um, a trauma even, actually. Um, and, uh, but one that I felt was just like, it was just like turning the corner. Like, right. okay, yeah, now, now I'm ready. Like, now I'm, like, I'm feeling it. Um, I'm going to, and, and then it was like, no looking back, right. you know, and, and peep it's, it's, you know, and you've got, I've got pictures, you know, it's like, I'm, you've got pictures of Muji before the tattoos and I've got pictures of myself before the surgery. And it's, you know, the, anybody that I've met in my life now, they're like, I can't imagine you like, like I can't imagine you any other way, mm. you know, mm. like, mm-hmm. I guess that's good. I mean, I don't know. Of course I was another way, you know, um, but it's just it's just interesting. You know, I wonder what other, other folks, like, what is it for, for our listeners that, you know, if they've had an experience that is a significant, like, turning point, you know, for people, right, right, you know, right. whatever it is, if it's, you know, maybe it is my, my, <laughs> sorry, dad, my dad was very, um, anti-piercing and stuff like that. My dad was, you know, kind of a, you're not going to, don't put anything on your face and, <laughs> I don't know, just kind of a list of things. And of, and of course, it made me want to do that more, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, my dad didn't approve of it. Um, but I pierced my nose a few years ago. 
Um, I've, I've, since, I've since taken it out, but I loved my nose piercing. Like, I just felt like a goddess with mm-hmm. a nose piercing. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll probably do it again now that I'm talking about it because I miss it. But my nose was not super receptive to the piercing. It was one of those, like, it never really healed. And I, I, I had it for a year, and it was, it was troublesome. So I reluctantly took it out. Just mm-hmm. And, like, it closed within, like... 24 hours like that's how much my body was like no thank you but um you know I love that kind of adornment I had this big opal Mm. in my in my schnozzle and I absolutely (laughs) loved it and uh yeah we'll do we'll do it again yeah but yeah just the power of of that I think about it as like it's it's a it's there's a bit of control claiming yeah. You know, it's a bit of like, this is my life. Like, this is the the life that I've been given. And mm-hmm. nobody else has a say over it. Like, nobody, I can't, ex- I can't have anybody else be responsible for my happiness or my joy or my pleasure. Like, I can't, that, I can't put that on somebody else, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we can share space and we can share joy and we can share excitement. Um, but at the end of the day, like, the things that I'm going to do for myself are going to have the biggest effect on me. Um, and when we do these body modifications, I, I find that, you know, there is a power in them that mm-hmm. for me comes from the, the taking control of my own life. And, and especially when I think about tattoos and piercings for that matter, um, I think about something that we've talked about in the past, which is like these Puritan ideals of mm. what skin is supposed to look like. You know, if you get tattoos, you're going to have to not be buried in the certain cemetery or you'll have no limbs in the afterlife or all these different like kind of like uh, what do you call like um, folklore folklore or, or whatever belief structures yeah. that other people might hold and put on that we might try to like put on ourselves for some odd reason. Um, this is a way to say like you know what that's that might be your belief structure that might work for you well but i'm gonna need to put these things on my body or i'm gonna have to do this thing because i'm not where i know i can be Mm. like i'm not mentally where i know i want to be my energy isn't it's not what i need it to be in order for me to be able to go forward from here so in this turning point moment i'm gonna put this tattoo or I'm going to hang this picture of my grandmother or I'm going to get this crystal for myself or I'm going to buy something for my loved one you know what I mean or I'm going to try to beautify my life in some way shape or form um and again beautify is that's beauty's in the eye of the beholder you know like I said like my tattoos might not be beautiful to you but they're Mm -hmm. fucking gorgeous to me Mm -hmm. you know um and that I think is the most important thing about these kind of moments of adornment or these turning point moments where we make these modifications to ourselves or to our space or to the things that we're doing Mm. um, in order to affect our energy in the direction that we're trying to go, you know? Mm, You know, and hearing you say that about, you know, you, you might not like it, but it's gorgeous to me. It just makes me think a lot about, you know, self-love and, and we've talked about it so much, how you think about yourself and that you are accountable to yourself first and foremost and I know many times in my life, I've, I've made decisions and lived out decisions based on other people's approval and expectations. And more often than not, I've been disappointed and, and or unhappy. Um, whether that's dressing a certain way, wearing my hair a certain way, taking a certain job, um, a lot of different, a lot of different examples of that. And, and, you know, it's, 
kind of only when, um, you know, I've had to step back. I used to get my, um, my eyelashes done and whatever, like, no, if people like doing that, that's great. It, it wasn't very practical for me. I sweat a lot. <laughs> um, my occupational hazard, a lot of sweat. And, um, you know, I, I, I liked him. I certainly liked having full lashes. It was, it was fun, but I was also kind of feeling like, you know, why do I like it? Oh, because I see a lot of, you know, the mainstream photographs that I'm seeing are women with really full luscious lashes and so I kind of succumbed to some of that like you know marketing um and feeling like oh I need that or I want to look more awake and and whatever and and then just kind of realizing it was like really not practical um also sometimes thinking like oh I want to either make myself more attractive to men so I'm going to do the lashes and I'm going to um you know go down the list and I was single at the time and, and presenting myself a certain way um and then I'm like super thankful to, you know, sometimes it, it, it takes a partner or someone else in your life to kind of make you realize that you don't need all that other stuff. And, and so my, my partner who I'm still with was kind of like, you know, why do you have that stuff on your eyes? And like, or why, you know, you know, you just kind of ask and he's like, you know, you don't need that. He's like, you have beautiful eyes. Like, you know, and and it was whatever, and I think he's, you know, supportive of, I've said it before on this podcast, like, I didn't ask permission to cut my hair, I came home with really short hair, and I was like, if, if he doesn't like it, I don't care. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not like that, but, you know, it, it was, it, it made me, you know, his talking to me about, like, you know, you're naturally a beautiful person, like, you know, you don't need to do all this other stuff, and I would, and because I wasn't making choices, like, I didn't, like, I wasn't doing the lashes for me because it felt good, mm. I was like, all right, you know, I don't need it. I'm going to ditch it. Like, I can't keep up with the, the manicures and stuff. It just doesn't doesn't work for me. I'm always working with my hands. I'm mm -hmm. picking up weights. Um, I'm doing stuff. They're always chipping or scratch. So, you know, whatever anybody, like, brings them joy, makes them feel powerful, I just, it's just kind of, like, reexamining, like, okay, that doesn't make me, you know, I don't need that in my life. So I'm, I'm not going to do the nails or the eyelashes, but I'm going to wear my hair a certain way, and I'm going to wear rings and I'm going to do other things. So yeah, it's about finding what works for you and, and, and doing it for you because it feels good. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to do something like because so-and-so says so, or like, you know, so I think that's, that's kind of important. Just the more you get in touch with your, you know, I put this on, it makes me feel a certain way. And, and, and that's good, not like, oh, I'm doing this to impress, or I'm doing this because I think so-and-so, like, wants to see me like this. Right, right, right. You know, right, just totally. kind of like that, those fine little lines that, um, you know, are, that, that we all have to navigate and figure out. Mm -hmm. And they're going to change, too. Right, right, right. They're totally going to change. Totally. Like and they're, reoccur. Yeah, and reoccur. Exactly. Totally, totally. You know, it's just like our conversation last time about, like, the different cycles and, like, you know, you know, who knows? Like maybe in five years I'll have long hair again. Cause mm -hmm. I might be like, yeah, I just, I grew it out. <laughs> <laughs> right, Cause you want it. To. Cause I want it to, you know, it's like whatever. Or, I'll, or I'm going to start investing in wigs. I don't know. <laughs> maybe a little bit easier. Cause growing your hair out takes time. Right. And wigs are so fabulous anyway. Oh my God. You could do, you could do anything. <laughs> I've actually, a friend of mine was like, dude, you need to like start getting into wigs because it's just really fun. Mm. I'm like, all right. But I love the idea too of the home. And so talk to me about a couple things like yeah. specifically in your home that, yeah. that sort of give you that energy or that calm or whatever. We're huge on like paintings for yeah. sure. Like, and family oriented paintings. Like my, we, 
where our dinner table is is a painting of um, the house where my wife's grandmother grew up, mm. and that's my son's namesake, Zade, uh, Zeta, grew up in this house, and she painted this picture from kind of like a beautiful perspective, and 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 it's like it's on the it's on the Long Island Sound, so it's in Stony Creek, Connecticut, um, so it's got like beautiful water and it's a certain time of day where the tide is low and you can tell that because all the docks are down and mm. you know it's just like this this beautiful image that she painted but of this place that is significant to my wife because it's where she grew up going um, and then to me too because it's you know I kind of have I've been there multiple times and I and I can feel it like I love being there and I mm. love the the community of people that we hang out with when we're there so we put that kind of like on our dinner table, we can see it all the time. Cook some food, go to serve the food. Oh, there's Stony Creek, great. Um, my my son can look at it and see this place that he's gonna go someday. Mm. Things like that. Um, we have another painting that uh, my wife's sibling painted, and that's right inside of the door. It's of a place called Batibu Bay, uh, which is in Dominica. We talk about the mountains mm. and the ocean um, on the last episode and or two episodes back. But um, but it's it's of the ocean and the mountains and it's of this it's perspective that my wife took this picture from and and her sibling painted this picture and gave it to us um kind of as a i don't know what the occasion was for the gift it was just like a beautiful gift um and so that's kind of like on the front door like right in front of the front door when you come in so um there's some things like that picture of my great 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 grandmother like my my grandfather's great grandmother um and that's on the wall where I can see it all the time because she makes me think a certain way. Like mm. when I see her picture, um, I think about who she was. I think about what she was about. And that brings me into a different place energetically. Um, it reminds me of who I am. It reminds me what I'm cut from, um, things like that. Definitely have a lot of like beautiful crystals around my mm. house. And I wasn't, I'm not somebody who really collected crystals. Um, my crystal collection really comes from gifts from mm. a client of mine who is a collector of crystals. And she's really just thoughtful and she's just, she just loves sending us stuff. And again, it, it goes back into that appreciation. Like she's showing her appreciation to me by trying to beautify my space mm. by sending me beautiful things. You yeah. know what I mean? So we have a lot of like amethyst caves and she's a, she's a crystal collector. So she's, really doing research to find these beautiful pieces and sending us why she sent them to us and so on and so forth. So a lot of people have given us kind of gifts like that. And those are just all over the place, mm. littering the house. And for me, when we talk about majesty, like for me, looking at an amethyst cave gives me the same feelings of reverence that I get when I look at a sunset because mm. it's, 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 it's a earth made thing. Like yeah. it's a beautiful, naturally occurring like elemental thing that reminds me like this is earth mm -hmm. that is what earth is you know it's not it's not just the mundane shit of me like driving up and down the street like it is full of amethyst crystals mm -hmm. and diamond mines and not mines but like diamond caves and all golden veins and things like that like all the stuff that this planet consists of that you know was monetized or was was kind of like put under into a commodity commodification commodified um and kind of you know, again, we've been removed from that. So to put those things into my space, it reminds me like this is what Earth is. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. It's mm -hmm. it's shiny. It's bright. It's colorful. You know, so have a lot of crystals around. Um, and then even just like the way that we set the space up to be like, this is this is it's set up here. So when I open my eyes, I can see this certain thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's set up at this window so that when I open my eyes, I can look out that window as soon as I wake up. Or mm -hmm. you know, like when I come down the stairs, like 
this seat is not just here because it's a chair and convenient place to put it, but because we could have put the chair on the other side of the room, the chair is here because the moon's the moon's gonna rise right there, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And when when the full moon is rising, it's gonna pop up right there. Or when I I come downstairs a lot in the early morning, so when I come downstairs in the early morning, it's like the moon might still be there. Or if the if we're dealing with that time period of the waning moon, the moon's gonna be rising after mm-hmm. I've woken up. So those sorts of things like they snap me into a certain headspace wow, yeah. you know so yeah. that's how i beautify my space in my life you know yeah. um you mentioned plants and things like that what are some of the things that you've done also just not just in your space but like in your lifestyle itself mm. to kind of adorn yourself yeah it's uh well this is an interesting time of of year so it, you know obviously november and um so it was four years ago i bought my home um and that was a significant shift for me to, you know, go from apartment living to, I, I still live in an apartment, but I bought my apartment. And to feel like I've got to kind of elevate my game a little bit in terms of my furniture and my surroundings. Because, you know, like most people, Ikea, Ikea game is strong. Um, <laughs> definitely still had some college furniture going on. Definitely had some furniture from high school, mm. like like from my, like, growing up home um some pieces and like pieces that not um not heirloom pieces like (laughs) just some old stuff um and so I I kind of felt like four years ago that it was time you know I used that as a benchmark to kind of purge and get rid of some of like like old stuff stuff that I had grown out of really it kind of felt like you know, I'm just going to step into this next phase of life. Like I've, I've bought a home, like, which was, which had been a goal of mine. So it's, it's time to like, you know, really invest in my space, um, or keep investing in my space. And, and anybody out there who has gone on this journey and when you go like furniture shopping for the first time, like not in Ikea, you're like, what? A table is that much? Or like a couch is that much? So, um, so it was very, deliberate when and what actually I appreciated about some of the you know that things were more expensive is I really took my time with furnishing the place and uh, really it's taken almost four years Hmm. to feel like the home is kind of where we want it and I think I mentioned to you I still want to I my bathroom needs to be renovated but that's just another project in and of itself but the, the really just the individual pieces and like every, you know, really taking the time that like every piece that's in the home is very deliberate and intentional. There's nothing random in the home now. Like we made sure of it. We're like, we don't know what that is or where it came from. Like we don't need it. It's out. And we donate. Like we there. Uh, we're so lucky where we live. Actually, we have a lot of resources. Literally, resource. <laughs> that's literally the name of the place. Um, you know, we donate to resource or we donate to Goodwill and and um, if there's something that we've outgrown and we don't need anymore. So um, I think I've mentioned before, my partner is Iranian. So kind of our plush, like luxurious living, a lot of it has to do with rugs, mm-hmm. Persian rugs, and like the real deal. Like we have rugs from Iran and like they're not easy to get <laughs> actually, um, unfortunately because of, of sanctions and other things that make it really hard to get your hands on, on a rug. So you might be like, I have a Persian rug. I want you to check right now and, and see actually if it comes from Turkey or if it comes from Turkmenistan or if it comes from Afghanistan or if it comes from Pakistan and see if you actually have a rug from Iran and let me know, okay? Um, so anyway, I feel like incredibly lucky 
not only do I have the, these items in my home, but I've actually been to Iran and like literally picked out a lot of items to bring back to the United States in our home. So we've got our rugs. We have this really, I think, beautiful mix of um, modern living, like a modern aesthetic with an ancient Persian sort of flair. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we do kind of have that mixing of culture in our house, so, um, which I just love. Like, so the, the home is actually it's super warm, it's cozy, it's inviting, it's definitely not sterile, it's not cold at all. Like it's important for me to have this like coziness. Like I don't really feel comfortable if I go into a space and you're like, can I sit on the couch? Like, is that okay? You know, it's, um, you know, we have pictures in our home of loved ones um, who've passed on and who are still part of uh, living. And that's important to us to have that in the house. Um, when, and I have California sort of a special place for me. So we've got like some, uh, I have some cool art of um, the state of California and some beaches and that's, we put that in the bathroom. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just like a collection. It feels, it feels like a merging of two beings, like two people mm -hmm. um, and where we intersect um, and what we appreciate. And then of, of course, I've, I've mentioned this, I'm very lucky to have an apartment that faces west. So I get sunsets and I get sunsets over Lake Champlain. And I don't know why it took so long, but it took my boyfriend and I <laughs> three, over three years to, so we only have a thousand square feet, like that's our apartment. And you might think there's not that many ways to configure a thousand square feet, but there are. <laughs> um, if, especially for those of you that, I love moving furniture around. It's like, um, and we had moved furniture around like all the time, but we, we just hadn't quite figured out, like, as you were talking about the feng shui of like the space, like there was always something not quite right about where our dining room table was. And, and I'm I'll just try to stay on this visual journey. Like you walk into our apartment and we have this like long galley kitchen, which is along the South wall. And then you've got facing West, all windows. Mm. And so whoever designed the apartment decided like, we're gonna leave, like the kitchen's gonna be literally a straight line along a wall because the focal point is the lake mm. and the Adirondacks, which that was smart, but it just, it's interesting. It's just kind of like open space. Um, and we always kind of kept the, the dining room table like sort of next to the kitchen, mm. you know? So you'd be preparing food and then we'd have the table right there. And then we kind of had this area where we would put the couches and we would kind of do this little awkward, like we had chairs and couches and tried to create like a living room space, but it was sort of in a corner. And thankfully I came home one day and my partner Dariush decided to take our couch and we don't have a television in this space because why would you need one right, you've right. got the lake so um we have another we do have a tv and we have it tucked away in a different room um but he finally just took the couch and just plopped it facing the windows mm -hmm. why we had never done this before <laughs> in three years so now like in the the main space you walk in and all that energy is in the center of the space and I can sit down and have my coffee and I'm instead of just like looking at the kitchen which is what used to happen like I'm staring at the cabinetry <laughs> and I have to like turn my head to look out 
it's, it was kind of a no-brainer, but it was just this breakthrough discovery that we really felt like, oh my God, three years in, we like figured out how to live in our space. And, and I've said to him on more than one occasion, like we literally have not left the state in eight months. We haven't gone anywhere. And um, I mean, look, we do commute to our places of work and back, but when I get home, I'm like, this is my sense of calm. And, you know, I'm very lucky that I don't necessarily have to work out of my home if I, if I don't want to, at least right now. Um, that may change. But so I do use my, my space as a sanctuary for rest or play or, you know, I mean, inevitably I do some work out of it because we're entrepreneurs, <laughs> so I can't really escape that always. But, but yeah, that was a long-winded answer. But, yeah, so I didn't even mention the plants. The plants are... Um, kind of second. They've been a newer addition to the family um, since like since lockdown. I started buying plants back in April um, because they, those made me smile. But um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I love that the home can reflect, you know, the, it should reflect who's living in it. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it should make you happy. And I feel like if you, um, you know, if you walk into your house and you don't feel a sense of calm, or gratitude for for like being home and I've definitely lived in spaces where I don't feel really comfortable in them mm-hmm. I'm sure we all we all have or you know or you, you you maybe used to live with a roommate and you're like fuck I have to go home <laughs> you know we've all been in those spaces and it's really it's so hard if you don't if you don't really love the space that you're going to that is your sacred shelter and like you know yeah. um so it's really rewarding to to be able to get there and to have that sense of, you know, belonging and comfort. Totally. You know. Totally. And taking the time to be intentional about it. Yeah. Which is the whole point of the beautifying space or adorning oneself or adorning one's space is it's intentional. Yeah. And our intentions that we set are based on who we are in in the depths of ourselves. Like yeah. you said, you said it perfectly, like your space is the intersection of two people, mm-hmm. um, as it should be if you're occupying space with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're by yourself, then let your space be a full representation of who you are and mm-hmm. the things that inspire you. You know, like, where's that energy going to come from? Where, where's that thing that you're going to see that's going to remind you of the reason why you're going after whatever you're going after? Mm-hmm. Um, it might be as simple as turning the couch. You know, mm-hmm. whereas the couch might be making you think to yourself, I really should be looking over there. Um, <laughs> well, you can turn the couch and you can look, just look over there. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. So um, just kind of saying that to the listener, too, is just like take advantage of whatever pieces of control that you have to put your life energy in the direction that you need it to be in, mm. you know. And like, I I, want to be deliberate about that because um, we all have different levels of control over our situations. Mm -hmm. Um, We all have similar levels of control over ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is my space in this skin here Mm -hmm. and it's up to me what goes down here. Um, That is my own privilege in this moment. But at the same time, Sometimes we just have to claim what space that we can claim. So even if it's just putting a couple trinkets on the dresser Mm -hmm. that remind us of a thing, or Mm -hmm. if it's as big as remodeling a whole house or taking down a wall and putting some windows there or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, um, just take the time to realize that you have that as your 
kind of birthright in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. it's your skin, it's your body, it's your space um, that you're occupying and use your own power to empower yourself, use your own power to, to, to level yourself up, to bring mm-hmm. yourself into that energetic place that allows you to be more fully yourself, if you will. I love that. We're going to end right there because that is just such like an empowering and inspirational, like, I don't know, uh, call to action or something, right, for, for yourself. So um, this is the week of Thanksgiving. So I just want to want to say that on the podcast and, uh, you know, whatever that looks like for you this year, I think take that moment for yourself, too. Um, as Mujib said, it's such good advice. And, you know, whether or not you are alone or with anyone else on Thursday, like take a moment and adorn yourself and just kind of, uh, you know, take care of you. And, uh, yeah, it's going to feel good. Mm-hmm. Totally. Thank you guys so much for listening. Episode 16 of Let's Get To It. My name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. Take care, everybody. Bye.